Hey guys, it's Future Tim. And Future Whitney. And we just wanted to reach back in time and address something real quick. Do it. We've seen our numbers go up and we've had a lot of new listeners to the pod recently. Now, when we first started this, we've never done anything like this before. Not remotely. No, we've never recorded anything. I was a musician in school, but I never recorded anything. Um, So we started with some very cheap entry-level equipment. Bad equipment and inexperience. Absolutely. So I bought Whitney this like sound podcast deck years ago for Christmas, um, and it sat in our closet for years, went through a house move. We came here, we finally started using it and realized this thing don't work so good. (laughs) This ain't gonna work. (laughs) No, no, it was real bad. So we just wanted to reach back in time to anyone who's joining us for the first kind of chunk of episodes and just let you know. We know that our audio is a, is rough. We get it. We, we know we we we're painfully aware. Painfully aware, and we look back so embarrassed at it. But we stick behind our content. Yes, I, I, I do. I feel like our content is great. So all we're saying is we hit our stride at, uh, probably a few episodes into the pod. So just just stick with us. Yeah, just you know, stick with us through the growing pains. I promise it gets better. And this was actually a huge moment of growth for me to jump into something without mind fucking it to death and not 100%. being totally pre- prepared and mm-hmm. whatever. So um, I just appreciate if you guys do stick with it because, you know, there's something to be said about wing- being one of those people that you're like, I was there for the, be- the beginning when yep. it sounded like two different volumes in a fucking tin can. <laughs> so And then really bad Spotify tags. Yeah. Yep, so. yep, yep. Just stick with us. We promise you we feel like we stick behind our content, and we hope you guys love it too. So we'll hit our stride. Hey, guys. It's even farther in the future, Tim. By like 45 seconds. Yep. (laughs) I told Tim, I said, I want to say something. (laughs) So when we were recording this, I had to stop about four times because I kept saying we've had a lot of new users. And I was like, listeners, listeners. I'm like a bad actor on like a lawn, like a movie or a commercial or something. It made me think of Joey and how he kept saying, mmm, noodle soup. And they're like, damn it. Like, mm. <laughs> so Tim was noodle souping through that whole thing. And I, I was like, do we need a script? But anyways, I, I think we made it through it. That's all I wanted to say. Thanks, users. Mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? We are from Arkansas, no. (laughs) All right, episode seven, another week, another episode, another opportunity to snark on some culty weirdos. (laughs) Uh, so i'm whitney long time cringe watcher turned snarker um and i'm tim i was never interested in the duggars at all i always thought they were kind of creepy um so now that we're kind of doing this dive into them and how they started and things that are going on now i'm confirming that they're creepy yes confirmation and you (laughs) know i'm just making him come along for the ride but you enjoy it right it's fascinating. <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a look at television at the time. I also feel like it's a look at a really weird kind of essentially a subculture. Oh, totally, yeah. 
um, you know, because obviously they're not the only ones that live this way. They're just the the loudest or the most public. Exactly. You know, so. So we're, this episode is episode two of when they got their actual show. So we're on to 17 Kids and Counting. And this episode is entitled Duggars Do New York. Yep. It's the kind of follow-up sequel to last week's episode. Ironically, like we said before, they aired them the same night. It should have just been one one hour episode, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. Who are we to tell TLC what to do, I guess? Now, can I ask you a question? And obviously, we're, I'm going to see this as we watch more. Um, so this episode starts pretty much where the last one completely stopped. Does that continue? Or do they, are they kind of standalone? They're, usually, they're, they're more so standalone. This is kind of a, an anomaly, like a weird point in time where okay. they are doing this because of the half, half hour episodes they they're pretty much standalone going forward with the one hour format okay unless there's like a big event that might take over multiple episodes but for the most part they're kind of like their own topic okay so this is a little different interesting all right so duggars do new york it picks up exactly where we left off with the last one where they were getting into. They were shoving seventeen people into three cabs. How many is that one lady? How many cabs do they need? <laughs> yeah, right. And she's like, "They're trying to get seventeen people in one cab." But it's like, no, it ended up being three. The way she said it was so funny. Yeah. But uh, it kind of starts off with Jill says something about you know being in New York City and seeing all walks of life, and she says it's really interesting because I'm like, this probably really is like a big culture shock for them very much if you're from you know springdale or actually they're technically like tawny town arkansas from Ta- pig's knuckle tawny town. <laughs> uh this has got to be quite the experience right. and then i did think it was hilarious because not even knowing this um <laughs> jill did specifically refer to like we we're talking about those girls saying they look like they were amish in the yeah. last episode so jill says and i quote people think we're amish and it's like okay you must not know very much about amish people <laughs> <laughs> so i thought that was pretty funny coming from like jill it seemed like more, like a more of a normal thing to say you know <laughs> kind of funny yeah. so they go to Times square and i just thought it was such a you know like a glimpse in time like on the screens was billabong did you see that <laughs> no that's so 2007 2008 oh, yeah. so i thought that was hilarious and then um michelle gives her cab driver one of those pictures of the family <laughs> <laughs> like in that scene um you know, the last one kind of ended with them getting in the cab, and then this one kind of started with them getting out of the cab. I did think it was a funny thing because Jim Bob was talking to one of the cab drivers, and then when he had, like, taken all the family out oh, and yes, was yes, walking, yes. he goes, uh, wow, good to see an honest cab driver. So do you think all cab drivers, like... Yeah, like like everyone in the big city is going to try to murder you or hurt you or steal your Take money. Take your money, yeah. Right. Every The vast majority of them are dishonest. So, yeah, it was funny. This It's like it's good to see an honest one in because the, oh, they're all so dishonest, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it was – okay, I will say, Josiah, um, I, I've told you that, like, he's kind of – like, I remember thinking he was my favorite. Okay. And then now rewatching, I'm like, oh, yeah, I do remember, like, why I thought that. But it'll be kind of funny to kind of go in it with the bias of kind of being like, he's my favorite. Like, I'm going into this a little bit, like, skewed, right? Okay. But it is kind of funny. Did you notice that Josiah does so many of the talking heads? He does, yeah. He does a lot. And it's like, he's really, like, on the low end age of the middle. 
It's funny right. when you have that many kids, there's like mm-hmm. all these different right. age ranges. But he's like lower middle. Okay. So then there's a million other like older kids that could have more talking head camera time. Mm-hmm. But they give so much of it to Josiah. But I'm and like, it's exactly why I like him. He actually has personality. And he was the one that only wanted a place to hide, right? Exa- yes. Okay. Only wanted a place to hide. He was the one that was like, well, let me tell you about how my story about like sleeping <laughs> in the RV and stuff. So I thought you it was... kind of feel like he, like he tells... He doesn't have a filter, but in a charmingly way. Exactly. Like he's still definitely not like going out there and like burning the place to the ground <laughs> with his opinions. But Roasted. he is definitely more opinionated and just like more outspoken, right. more personality. Because if you think about it... Like, of the older kids, they could be interviewing, like, John, David, or Joe, but it's like, neither one of them have a personality. So, <laughs> so you mean they- pickles? <laughs> Liking pickles is not a personality, is yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> so, they have Josiah doing so much of this. So, anyways, kind of, that was kind of a side tangent. But um, Josiah talks about how, <laughs> since they've been on TV, you know... Um, they don't own a TV. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. They don't own a TV. So he was saying that being in Times Square, it was funny to see so many screens. Right. So he specifically pointed out, like, damn, I've never seen this many screens in my mm-hmm. life. <laughs> and then um, Jim Bob adds some sort of, like, uh, you know, they might some of the ads might have something a little raunchy, but that they just <laughs> teach their kids to ignore them and enjoy the experience. I, I hit pause. Uh, when they were kind of showing the the B-roll of them in Times Square when they had the voiceover of Lego Hair saying that some of the ads were a little raunchy. And when I hit pause, right behind him was arguably the raunchiest of them all. It was Ooh. Mr. Peanut. Oh. That, <laughs> Mr. Peanut doesn't wear clothes. He's yeah, naked. Yeah. And there's a hat. So obviously there's some semblance of, like, propriety but it doesn't include putting clothes on your naked peanut body. Yeah, so the raunchy. raunchy. <laughs> um, then the next scene, the produ- producer is like asking them in their little talking heads, what would you say to people who say you're overprotected? <laughs> and Jessa says, uh, get over it. And Ooh, she girl. says, I don't think we're overprotected. But again, it kind of just is like, remember I told you she's kind of, more widely known as kind of like the bitchy sister, like the, the bitchy <laughs> Christian sister. Yeah. So just funny, like now I'm going to be pointing out all the times where it's like, ooh, girl, like, Jess is getting a little spicy. She says, get over it. <laughs> so then um, this weird guy on the streets asked for a picture. And did you did you think it was weird what he said? He says, they're friendly, beautiful, and photogenic. And that he can't say enough good things about Arkansas now. Yeah, that the state thing was very funny because it's like they are obviously the uh, representation of the entire state. Now he just cannot say enough good things about this entire state because of this one family. <laughs> and I would just like telling someone, oh, it's like a photogenic family. Just like an odd choice of beautiful, <laughs> photogenic, and you know they're really representing Arkansas well. And he wasn't like in the ethereal like art guy like what was the what was the weird like crackhead that they saw at the like the um, lbk yeah uh that dude was on a multitude of substances this was just like a nice like man. in a like suit or something like, yeah he I was in like a sport coat with a collared shirt and then like a yankees hat and he's like had just like snapping pictures like he's paparazzi it was an interesting <laughs> uh scene yeah so then they're still in Times Square and they're like standing on the sidewalk and then all of a sudden Michelle goes, look, 
And then wa- everybody wave. It's a policeman. A policeman. <laughs> and were you going to say something? I just, this it, there was multiple things during this cop interaction that I kind of thought were interesting. Well, I'm going to go off on a side tangent for a second, if you don't mind. Go ahead. I thought it was funny that she said policeman. <laughs> because I would say policeman. And later on, <laughs> later on, Jim Bob says policeman. And the reason I bring this up is because Tim and I argue about the pronunciation of these types of words. Would you like to tell them how I say things? So it came up because we were talking about the old um, Sony, like, handheld thing for you to listen to cassette tapes. I want the world right now to pause and think in their head of how they would pronounce pronounce that. It's a Sony. Plays plays CDs. How would you say that? Say it to yourself quietly wherever you are. <laughs> Scream into okay, your AirPods. I, I say Discman. <laughs> Tim, Tim, what do you say? I say Discman. And if you go back to like the era that I grew up on, it was the Walkman. Um, but we always make the joke. We reference friends when they're like talking about Spider-Man. And one of them says Spider-Man. And it's like, it's not a last name. He's not Phil Spider-Man. But but to that I say, Ottoman. You don't say Ottoman. It's an Ottoman. <laughs> but and there's how, no hyphen in there. And, and how many people say fireman? I'm not saying it's wrong to say fireman or policeman, but how many people say fireman and policeman? They say policeman. I say fireman. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Yes. I don't say fireman. Call the fireman. <laughs> there's no like. There's no a in that last syllable. It's just fireman. Okay, anyways, we're going to take a poll on this later in the week. I This is a side thing, but I just had to bring it up because he gives me so much shit. He's all, every time anything has M-A-N at the end, he's all, how do you say that? Phil <laughs> uh, Spiderman. Anyways, side tangent. So we're, now I got to see where I was. So the cops. Well, the, the one thing that I was going to say was uh, Lego Hair made a comment about how, you know, he... He thought the big city was, you know, was going to be dangerous, but, you know, it felt really safe. There were cops everywhere. And, and I, I think you're probably thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Um, if they weren't like, there's two things. If they weren't a giant white family, they'd probably feel different. <laughs> They're like, but, we're so scared. <laughs> right. I feel like you, you take somebody else of another, like, ethnic background and they'd be like god damn it there's cops everywhere <laughs> yeah, right. without even doing anything wrong you know yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then i also brought up once again that's also the thing that um like they have all this an entire camera crew with them yeah so. like anybody's gonna come up and do something i'm sorry I got, but like like anybody's gonna come up and do something right now yeah there's gonna be just like mass crime laid right. out right in front of this camera crew right now yeah. Ugh. <laughs> So stupid. But I will say, um, again, with my homie Josiah, he's talking about this moment. Because after the police, they're just like, there's kind of like a crowd of people around them. And Michelle's yeah. like signing her little postcards and oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, they're dig. See, I will. So I didn't like when they give the postcards to like their drivers like they did last episode. And then this one. I feel like it's a little bit different when they handed it to the policeman. Because they no actively comment. came. <laughs> They actively came up to them and like were like engaging them their own on their own. And so I feel like okay, like 
for like a fan type thing, I guess it's one thing. But then I also go, it's kind of weird that they think of themselves as like celebrities when they haven't, their show hasn't really aired yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know. The whole thing's kind of weird. But so they're getting all this attention and my homie Josiah talks about how, you know, they get a lot of it and especially Michelle. And he says, and quote, she's really the one. If it wasn't for her, I would be a nobody basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like little Josiah. Oh, man. I'd be a nobody. I mean, it's really her. It's really her that, you know, birth. She's, she's the talent, you know? Yeah, you know, right? <laughs> They're all just like the backup singers to Michelle. So then after that, it goes to the next day is when they're appearing on the Today Show on the Friday before Mother's Day. So it's early the next morning, just kind of shows them getting ready in the hotel room, eating breakfast. And I just got to say, Michelle's Michelle's hairdo was a choice. <laughs> she had this like puffy side pony mm-hmm. and it, it looks like she's got like a Maine Coon cat just like <laughs> resting just like... on her shoulder. <laughs> I was oh, like, man. damn, Michelle, that's quite, quite a choice of hair. Now, do you know, obviously they talk about countenance um, and how like that dictates why they dress that way is there anything they have when it comes like any rules they have when it comes to uh like makeup the way you do your hair like does it go to that too or no um i i wouldn't say rules but there are certain preferences that are a little creepy enough that i sorry if you wanted the answer now but i think it's worth talking about in a future episode on its own thing if you don't mind is that all right is that all right i know i know we got there's just so much material. I have to try to be like, ooh, I think we can save that for later. But yes, I there. I, I think I just got more at eleven. Right, you did. Like on the on the local news. Yep. They'll be like, this common household item that you touch every day could give you cancer. <laughs> more at eleven. Exactly. More about hair and makeup later. <laughs> so after they they're done getting ready, they get picked up, they get taken over to where they're filming the Today Show. It's like super early, and they have them waiting in this like lobby area. And they're just kind of hanging out, waiting in between, like, the little moments where they're like, everybody wave. You know how, like, when it's, like, upcoming segments where they just, like, kind of show you for a split second? They were in, like, the employee cafeteria or something. I was, like, I was not expecting that's where they the Today Show would put their guests. Yeah, they didn't look like a green room. It looked like they were, like, right outside the cafeteria. Yes, it was really odd. And, like, this weird, like, metal chair. It was weird. (laughs) Yeah. But, again, my homie Josiah, they really rely on – you know what? He's carrying this entire show, I realized, at this point. (laughs) But my my homie Josiah says, he goes, first of all, first all we did was a little waiting and then a little more waiting. And then we waited some more. I mean, he was like salty about the waiting, (laughs) but I am so here for it. And I'm like, you say it. Say it, Josiah. And then they kind of do like a little, another one of their little promos of them like lined up on this big staircase. And then Meredith from the Today Show comes walking down it, yada, yada. And then after they're done doing that take, she there's a specific moment where they show her going up and shaking Josh's hand. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Josh, Josh, right? And all I could think of was like, oh, honey, you're, you're going to know. <laughs> In the future, you're going to know way more and you're going to be reporting on him. Just <laughs> ev- It's just funny to see these moments where you're like, nobody even knew. Right. <laughs> 
so then their segment starts and it's they really don't show a ton of it it's pretty Mm -hmm. quick again but go figure michelle announces she's pregnant with number 18 because if you remember from last episode they were keeping it a secret from the kids yep and of course the kids all act surprised but like how surprised are they really i mean like at that point (laughs) are you surprised but Uh. meredith specifically like leans over and is like talking to josh and asks if he's in shock or if it's kind of like whatever and he totally plays up this whole like acting shocked like bit yeah and he even like he does like the cliche like oh if i clear my throat i sound really shocked Mm -hmm. so he goes that's a that's a huge shock i wasn't expecting that (laughs) it's like you're the first of now 18 i don't i don't think you're really that shocked but like he thought he had some like good acting performance going on right there and then um, he follows it up with, it's so gross. He follows it up with, a, well, it has been nine months, though. So, yeah. And it's so <laughs> gross that this whole family is just like, oh, it's nasty. Obsessed with kids coming out of their mother. Oh, it's just nasty. And it's just like, well, you're like, well, you know, they've done it after they've had their 80 days. So, like, <laughs> plenty of time. Like that, that 80th day is uh, earplug day in the house. Okay. The kids. <laughs> it's marked on the calendar like the kids have to fend for themselves more than they already do everybody's eating cereal that day oh man so then jill says that everyone is happy and says that you'd think they'd be like oh another kid which is exactly that's exactly what we're thinking jill <laughs> but that they like picking out the names and figuring out who the buddy is gonna be yeah and i'm like listen you guys are raising these kids the least jim bob and michelle could do for you is include you in the naming of them first of all <laughs> second of all i'm like do you think with the buddy system it's like a giant game of like not it <laughs> or like i already I have a couple littles <laughs> not it <laughs> yeah one of the things uh they kept during this part with michelle's voiceover they kept showing uh the kids and i was very intently watching like all of their facial expressions uh-huh. and most of them look you know surprised um in a happy way um a couple of the lost boys weren't paying attention because they're lost (laughs) which which i thought was hilarious like they had something in their hand like a toy or a flower or like something all of them had like the same thing in their hands and there was two of them that like one of them was just playing with it and then the other one was just kind of staring off to space like in the side you know so um but Jana multiple times just looked very like analytical and quiet. Uh huh. And she's like, think, God, another kid for me to take care of. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Because they showed her in like multiple times. She's like, you know, looking at Meredith and looking at like Lego hair. And then, you know, it's like her looking in multiple places. And the whole time she's just kind of uh, analyzing. And I thought that was interesting. I think she is. I think she's, he's obviously she's quiet. And I think she is the one that is like processing things at all times. Right. So, um, they're leaving, but they get stuck in the airport due to weather. And so they're just kind of like waiting around. And then all of a sudden, not not Jim, Bob, or Michelle, but Scott, the cameraman, hears an announcement over the loudspeaker asking if anybody is missing a little boy named Jackson. Yep. And then I think it's really funny because Jim, Bob is like going to, I guess, you know, find him. And he's completely smiling and like kind of laughing as a cameraman is asking him, like, what's going on? And Jim Bob says, quote, 
I don't know. I think Jackson took a wrong turn coming back from the restroom. I don't know. We'll have to see if he's lost or found. And he's like laughing. Mm-hmm. And now did it did it feel like nervous laughter? Because it didn't feel like nervous laughter. Because like it, you know, I feel like there's certain people if they were dealing with that situation, a question, and they would kind of do that to break the tension of like losing a child. I don't. I don't feel. I feel like that was like the TV persona. I think yeah, it's part of the show. It's yeah. completely part of it. But you know, so part of me is like, I'm not. Is like, okay, if if he, they're being announced over the loudspeaker, you do know that they're okay. But I still feel like in a parent, you should still be feeling that panic. Right. And I thought it was really funny because, um, number one, why was he alone going to the bathroom? <laughs> He's fucking four years old, Tim. Yeah. Jackson was born on the first special. So I did, I looked it up his birth dates. This was all happening the weekend of like May 11th, right? His right. birthday is May 23rd. Okay. In 2004, and this is in 2008. He's four fucking years old. Why the fuck is he at the bathroom alone? Where was his buddy? Where was his buddy? I guess that buddy sister. Well, you know, it's like, but yeah. like, they shouldn't be having to watch all their siblings all the damn time. Agreed. So your buddy system fails, and I'm not blaming the buddy, but I am just think it's so interesting. Especially, especially because these kids haven't like been to the airport before they haven't they're in a completely new situation yeah and then the talking head jim bob says that oh i went running to the other end meanwhile there was no running to be seen not remotely not at all no and then um not even a jog no not even a light not even a light jog like you ever watch somebody walking and they're like panic walking but they're trying not to to run so they're trying like their arms are all like none of that super straight fucking none of it he was waltzing if i say (laughs) you know if i dare say surprised he didn't stop in one of the gift shops (laughs) for real and then, um, so he gets to the other end, and apparently they say, oh, no, he's already been, like, taken back over to mm-hmm. your, like, gate or whatever. So then, again, in, like, the voiceover, um, it says that he hurried to the other end, and the camera footage that they're showing is him fucking just waltzing along, talking on his cell phone. <laughs> so I felt like this is where people talk about TLC being, like, the OG snarkers. I love <laughs> that they paired up. Like, I was hurrying and everything with him just, like, fucking walking. Like They have the receipts, homie. You weren't running. You know, like, this is, like, the ultimate, like, my, like, the ultimate lollygagging. If lollygagging <laughs> was, like, he's the definition of lollygagging right now. You can't even work up a saunter. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> I, I Because they were in the airport and because they obviously lost a kid, I just wrote down Home Alone. And I, like, the thing I kept thinking was, would they even notice? No. Would they, they, would, they probably wouldn't have even noticed if they would have gone in there and it would have been Home Alone again. And it would have been, uh, which one got lost? Jackson. So it would have been, like, Jackson in the airport going to the Trump Hotel or something. <laughs> yeah, you know right. what I mean? <laughs> And they were coming from New York. It's perfect. So then when they show Jim Bob getting back to where the family was like sitting and waiting, of all, Jackson is looking sad and upset. Yep. Like he's been crying as he would be, you know, scared shitless, right? You're yep. four years old. Go fucking figure. He's sitting in Jana's lap. <laughs> not Michelle. Michelle is nowhere to be seen. She's not even in camera. No. She's not even in the shot. No. And... You know, it really just goes to show how much the kids don't find their comf- their source of comfort and safety does not come from Michelle. Mm-mm. And, you know, back in the day, this would have just be a scene that you'd watch and like you'd move on. But now right. it all means so much more. So you're yeah. like, once again, their their safety, their comfort comes from Jana. Right. 
and I got a, I'm not really sure I should have looked before if she may be his buddy. I'm not sh- I'm not sure, but it just it just it, overall the picture is they find more comfort in their siblings than their parents. Correct. Cuz they can't count on them. Yeah, it's it's parentification. Oh, oh, to the max. Oh, like, yeah. oh my god. That'll be a whole other episode we do. I swear <laughs> to god. But then Jim Bob goes on to say that, you know, you could lose, even with one or two children, you could lose one. So, quote, he hopes that parents out there understand that with 17, your odds are greater that you will lose one. So that was like the total like PR statement of like, let's smooth this over. I just lost my kid. You know? Oh, yeah. I didn't run at all. That's like giving people the, you know, your percentage of drowning goes up if you install a pool at your house. <laughs> so, like... I definitely, he's, it's true. Anybody could lose their kid. Things happen and there's no judgment in that. But it's like with them, you don't really, you don't give them the same grace because you've done this to yourselves and you've created this situation. So it's just different than like the average parent. Shit happens. I get it. But they take it to a whole different level. So they don't show them flying at all. It just shows them suddenly being back at the house. And they talked about how they're all so tired that they just crashed. And there's this yep. horrific scene of Josh. Like, they're, like, zooming in on Josh asleep on the couch. And it's <laughs> disgusting. Like, I didn't need to Him see. Him or the uh, floral pattern on their sofa. It was, like, <laughs> both. Bo. That looks like my <laughs> church. Like, growing up, my church. The, the one in the lobby. Um but yeah, they just like zoom in on his nasty face, and like he's of course he's wearing like Crocs, ugh. And yeah, then Jim Bob comes and goes. I think you're a little too big for me to carry you, and like tries to like pick him up, and it's gross and awkward and ugh. <laughs> but it's because they're packing up now to get in their bus to go to Springdale or no, no, little no. They're, Rock. I'm sorry, I said Little Rock. Springdale yep. is the other one. So they're going to Little Rock mm-hmm. because now Michelle is being honored at the Peabody Hotel. Yep. And it's a three-hour trip, so they're driving it. And did you see what an upgrade on their bus they have? Oh, yeah. Before they had old, like, Trusty or Rusty. I forget the name, Old Rusty, I think. It was their old, crappy, mm-hmm. like, RV. And now they have, like, a legit, like, tour bus that they bought from a hockey team. <laughs> oh, yeah. Feels like I'm watching Almost Famous. Yeah, it was actually it's actually pretty sweet. Yeah. So while they're driving, there's a questionable scene. Where they stop for gas. <laughs> and there's a chicken. And and Jim Bob is like chasing this chicken. And this is just to paint a picture here. It's not like they stopped at a at a shell station and got out. This is like when you're driving interstate uh, in the back area where you refuel like big rigs um, and buses. So they're not in like a heavily um, like trafficked area. It's kind of just the drivers, you know, fill in their trucks. But uh yeah he was literally running around chasing a chicken yep and i was in my head going like what the fuck is he gonna do when he gets the chicken and then he even said himself oh well he didn't catch it but he even says like well i wasn't really sure what i was gonna do if i caught it so like it's okay but i was like he's just like chasing a chicken yeah it was just an awkward like 20 seconds of watching uh a target employee with lego hair uh chase a chicken in the back area of a gas station yeah um i really hope and you know, obviously, we've we've talked about kind of guests on this podcast. I really hope we can get that chicken on the podcast one day. <laughs> right. I just think about the behind-the-scenes stuff that you're going to get. Like, what do you know about Josh? Oh, that'd be 
be great. Yeah. So reach out to us if you're listening. If anybody knows that chicken, um, <laughs> if you can maybe get us in contact, you know. We would uh, love to hear from you. Yeah, we can do it over Zoom. No biggie. <laughs> Oh, anyways, um, so they get there and they get to the Peabody Hotel and um, it's this whole duck thing. The, the ducks parade in and out and then for like they have like a red carpet for them. They they go into the fountain at one like 11 a.m. and then they yeah. take them back at like 5 p.m. They're like trained to go in and out of this fountain. Michelle is named like the honorary duck master that day. Um, I don't have a ton else to say about that. Do you have anything to say about it? It was just like charmingly cute. It felt like a window into a previous era of the, of the hotel, States. not the family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, they're definitely a window into another era. Yeah, right. Like Little House on the Prairie. Um, no, I thought it was cute. They have like um, the the real duck master uh, puts them in this little like dolly that has like a cage, like a wooden cage on it. So uh, the ducks have this like room somewhere, and the guy like rolls the cage up to it and. All the ducks climb in, and then he like wheels that down, and you know they un- they undo this uh, red carpet, and then they open it up, and the ducks just like walk, and there's like little stairs and stuff. It's just it feels very cute of like an old window of like Americana. Yeah, and it's like like this is a tradition they started in like the 1930s or something like that. So um, yeah, and yeah. It, long long story short, it started. They said it was kind of a prank. Uh, there was some. Uh, the family that owned the hotel or something tried to go like duck hunting and it wasn't like good. And yeah. So, yeah. So they just had them. And then after that, people liked it so much and it made like, you know, made waves. And so they're like, Oh, we're going to make this a whole thing. So then they got them trained and it's this yep. whole spiel. Yep. They live on, live in the hotel and stuff. And then they got to eat a buffet <laughs> breakfast that everybody seemed pumped about. Yep. And that was about it. The only comment I had about that last part was, uh, there's something, and this is me. I used to work at a casino buffet. Um, I've I've been involved in like high end catering and banquets and stuff for a long time, but I always laugh when people feel self conscious at a buffet with how much food they put on their plate, because even to the employees, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, they'll be like, "I'm eating for two, or they'll grab something. I remember when I worked at the casino, uh, people would come to the buffet and grab like seven crab rangoons out of our little like stir fry area, and then they'd be like. I would just look at them. Hi there. How are you? And they'd be like, I'm getting some for somebody at my table, too. I'm like, lady, I don't don't give give a shit. shit. Yeah, I really don't care. Michelle looked at the camera and she's like, nobody Nobody. gives a shit. Like, really, they don't. Yeah. No, I'm more worried about you eating all of it rather than you getting a lot of it. Exactly. Like, please just don't leave half of it on your plate. Yeah, that's my (laughs) only thing. Just food waste. So. All right. That sums it up for me. How about you? That's it. Um, I definitely thought that there was uh, there was a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, in this episode, uh, the last one seemed a little bit bare bones, but this one filled. I almost was like for a second, I looked at my watch and I'm like, was this one an hour? Because I did like (laughs) as I was writing and like pausing, I was like, oh, I have more content than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it had a little bit more to it. Yeah. So overall, pretty good. Um, I think we are going to take one tiny little break and we'll be right back and get into. Okay, so this week's deep dive kind of does the same thing as last episode where we're really focusing on what was going on behind the scenes back between those two, the last two specials, which were On the Road with 16 Children and Big Family Album. So last week it was December 2006, 
with the whole police, you know, interview, report thing, all that, all those shenanigans. Today we're focusing on some stuff that was happening in May of 2007. So back in the day, there was a website called a uh, website called Television Without Pity, and it was around from like 1998 to 2014. And it was a website where people did recaps of shows, and I guess it was sort of snarky in nature. So, like <laughs> us, <laughs> it was uh, basically just like a a forum type uh, setting, and it had discussion boards, and Duggars was one of the topics. So it's just kind of funny because it's so 2007 of that time where now to talk about something you had to go on discussion boards yeah. <laughs> like you had to go on like forums and mm-hmm. things to get it. now it's just so easy it's in it's on reddit number one but right. also just like in the comment sections of social media like it's just right. everywhere so it's just so funny how back then you so specifically had to seek these these things out yeah you had to like find your community so back in may of 2007 uh there were there were just re- a recap of an episode and whatnot and there was this comment in the comment section that came from, it's, it says Alice. And, you know, sometimes I just kind of give a summary of things. And then other times I give summaries where I just give some direct quotes okay. when I feel like it's, you know, needed. Yeah. But honestly, I am going to read these for verbatim because okay. I feel like it's actually very important to like get the overall tone mm-hmm. and really the whole thing. So now let me ask ahead of time. Do we know who Alice was? Uh, you're getting a little head there, Tim. <laughs> so it's not Alice. You mean it's alias? Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, uh, so Alice says on May 22nd. 2007 at 7:30 p.m. 7:03 p.m. If you like those details, uh, and it starts off saying to Ruth, so it was, it was obviously responding to a comment that was very complimentary of the family. Like a lot, there were some comments that were like, "Oh, they're a great family." Like when you read them now, you're like, "Oh, that aged badly." Like that age beautiful and photogenic. Right? <laughs> it, it, those comments aged like a uh, Duggar male, i.e., very badly. But she says to Ruth. Let me tell you something about the precious Duggars that you don't know. Ooh, man. Right? It's Coming like, out come, hot. Exactly. That's why I was man. like, I have to read these. Like, there's no other way to, like. There's a lot of mustard on and that. And that's the first sentence. First, Michelle hasn't bathed her younger children in years. It is all left up to the older children. They have children that have never seen the inside of a grocery store. Everything that you've seen on TV is staged. Big time. Michelle hasn't cooked a meal in years, which is funny because that's where we said, we know Michelle. Yeah. (laughs) Alice is part of the we know Michelle club. (laughs) We'll get her a jacket. Right? We need them. Hasn't cleaned the house in years. All she does is try to look normal for the TV cameras. Get real. This couple is out for the fame and the money that that they can get. They receive, quote, love offering from all over the country. They have church services in their home when it is to their advantage. They get paid for that. He and his mother, Mary, which is Grandma Duggar, who you kind of saw in the last, um, you know, traveling with them. Correct. Has has this all figured out. She is fame hungry, and she couldn't manage this for herself, and now she's helping out Jim, Bob, and Michelle. She calls different TV shows and exploits her grandchildren. This is the Duggar way of making a living, 
and providing for the huge family. Fame and fortune in January. The whole family went to Chicago. Uh, anyways, it kind of sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sorry. The whole family went to Chicago and taped Oprah Winfrey show. Oprah wined and dined them, dined them for one week. What's hard is sometimes when they're spelling mistakes, I read the mistake <laughs> um, for one week. You know that had to cost some pretty pennies. As you may have noticed, that show never aired and it never will, which is, of course was our last deep dive. Correct. Oprah was informed that Josh, the oldest son, had been molesting his sisters. Yes, this is the truth. Oprah turned them over to the Arkansas State Police Child Protection Agency and the Washington County Child Protection Agency. They have been investigated to some length. Jim Bob Duggar told the producers of the show that he built a small church out back for his followers. The next things are in all caps, so you know it's serious, right? <laughs> his followers? Get real. The man <laughs> is a fraud. This is why I had to read it. <laughs> hot. In April, they were in court with their history, with their story. They have to report to the Arkansas Department of Human Services every six months. They have lied and lied about their son to protect him at their daughter's expense. For some unknown reason, the boy is still in the home with the girls. God only knows. I'm sorry. Um, God only knows if this is still going on. In my eyes, he is a all caps child molester. Still caps. He should be removed from the home. What kind of parents cover up for one child and hurt the others? I do not believe that this is what God has in mind for them. Frauding the American people and taking their money and living off of it. Oh, man. That one's a little melodramatic. They did not build their home themselves. They hired it done. The Discovery Health Channel and the TLC Channel wrote them a check for over $200,000 for them to Damn. build the house. Everything inside the house was given to them except the kitchen. They did buy that themselves. <laughs> that was the 11K <laughs> versus 100,000. Right. Um, the rest is all free. Mary and Josh were on the phone day and night asking for donations from soup to computers. They also received a baby grand piano from Campbell's Soup <laughs> Company. The trip to California was also provided by the TV stations. It was, ap it was mapped out mile for mile. I'm like, which we we'll get into that later. Um, they did not spend a penny of their own money. All the groceries and gas and lodging and clothing was paid for in advance. For someone who wants to be famous, why lie about the facts? Seems funny to me. They are professional liars, both of them. They twist Ooh. their words to make them look good and look like devoted parents and a great big happy family. Nothing could be further from the truth. Damn. If you don't believe me, contact the Arkansas State Police Child Protection Agency in Bentonville, Arkansas, and the Washington County Child Protection Agency in Fayetteville. It will be worth the time and effort to read all about it. There is a lot more that I could go into, but I simply do not have that much time. <laughs> I think that it is time the Duggars are stopped. They are pimping out their family for material things to keep them fed and clothed. If they cannot feed and clothe their children, don't have them. Ooh. So, your take on that. It was hot. Coming uh, in, come in hot. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely feel like it was the early days of like melodramatic snark online. I feel like these days you see that kind of energy more normally just because everyone's commenting on things and you know what i mean well the, the parts okay all of it like i love that they're outing their hip 
you know, talking right. about covering up for Josh and all that. Now, when it comes down to the parts about the show and like, oh, why cover it up if they cover? I feel like now people know, oh, yeah, they didn't pay for that trip themselves. It was early days of like any form of reality. Right. So I think that this person thought that was some big out. Nobody would think anything of that now because it's like, of course, if you're on a network, they're paying yeah. for that shit. So yeah. nobody I don't think that that was like the big like, you know, tell all. But for the time, right. maybe, but definitely not now. But, you know, what I'm getting out of this is just coming in hot, right? But you're like, who is this person? So the people in the comments are saying, basically, there's a lot of, like, leg humpers that are already there talking, like, good stuff about the Duggars, which is why she's replying to Ruth, apparently, who said something nice about them. Fucking Ruth. <laughs> Fucking God Ruth. damn it. So, Every so time. they, but kind of understandably so not on the leg humping side but just understandably some people were like whoa these are some big things to say right like and you're just an anonymous person on the internet mm. so there were people that were kind of like um you're just kind of like saying a lot of stuff which right i do understand because it's like that's some those are some big things mm -hmm. so that first comment was made on may 22nd right okay alice make sure to come back on may 24th at 305 p.m this time mm-hmm she said, people, trust me or not, I know this for a fact. God's honest truth that the molestation happened. It happened to four of his five sisters. The oldest daughter was not touched. The second daughter is the one who caught him doing this. There was no rape involved, but molested. I could go into detail, but I won't. Of course, you can find nothing about the charges. The Duggars want to keep this hid, wouldn't you? They wouldn't have the things they do if they had gotten if it had gotten out earlier. That's the way that they make their living and travel at the expense of others. Jim, Bob, and Michelle are very aware of this happening and have chosen to protect, protect Josh over his sisters. The family is to report to DHS every six months that the girls are in and that the girls are in counseling. That is what the courts ordered. Jim, Bob, and Michelle both tried to lie their way out of this, but it didn't happen. Just ask them, but they will just lie about it. They call their son Precious Josh, and in their eyes, he can do no wrong. What about the girls? I think that everyone should know about this problem and that the Duggars are frauds. They make the talk shows under the impressions that they are pure, and they receive love offerings from the viewers. He's got it figured out. How to be famous and make a living for his brood and not have to work to get it. Wow. So personally, I don't know about you. I care less about all of like the working stuff or like whatever. Yeah. But I like the pointing out of the hypocrisy of it. Correct. And I love that this person is advocating for the girls. Like yeah. actively saying you are choosing Josh over all the victims. Correct. And so yeah, I did like this is it's very bold. It is very Mm -hmm. and, and you know from but i feel like you can read this and a lot of people might want to write it off as like hearsay or like whatever yeah but to me this person sounds in the know to me you know do you think so or like how do you well, take it i think we have the benefit of hindsight where like you know yeah that's true like a lot of these things you're like yeah absolutely at the time there was a 50 50 chance it was out they of knew what field. they were talking about yeah so you know, I I think at the time you were voting on whether you like the Duggars or not. Um, and I think now in hindsight, now we can be like, well, there was credence because these things were true, you know, regardless of whether it's wrapped up with like a snarky, uh, you know, yeah. depiction of like their business practices. Um, you know, now we can look and say, yeah, it was it was kind of true. 
But it is kind of funny because people could chalk it up to the same way in Josh's trial and with their, like, you know, later on after he was convicted, them saying, like, oh, he's just this poor Christian man that's been, like, oh, you know, people are just coming after him because he's just, like, you know, man of God. I feel like a lot of people, if they are fans, are reading this, like, you're just attacking this poor, you know, godly family. Like, it's easy to write it off because then it's just like, oh, well, you know, all these people, these worldly people just attacking (laughs) them. Yeah. So... She doesn't end there. That was May 24th, right? Okay. She comes back again May 25th. Alias is back. Alias. Well, Robert, and Robert was one who was really being like, you got to kind of come with facts type thing. Like, you're saying a lot of stuff. Like, you know, can you give anything? Like, they were like, at first they seemed a little defensive, and then this Robert kind of, like, changed the tune of like, well, then you you can't just come in saying stuff. You got to show us something. So she says, well, Robert, like you, I was always very supportive of the Duggars. I've been in their home. I've gone to church with them. Something just didn't feel right. For some reason, I didn't trust Jim Bob. Then the truth came out about his son. (laughs) It's the hair, right? (laughs) And the cell phone clipped to the side. That's (laughs) always suspicious. Then the truth came out about his son. He is the one that, that told what happened. Josh got up in front of the church and asked for forgiveness and all that stuff, but he was secretly still up to no good. I really don't know how long it had been going on before it came out, but even after it did, Josh pretended to be this sweet all-American boy who loved his family. Mm-hmm. They're just like, they, they can't stand it. I love Damn. it. Uh, all the time he was going on porno sites, and it says prano. I almost read it wrong. Mm-hmm. porno sites on the internet and watching all the filth that it has looking for that prawn prano the temptation was too much and he explored with his sisters ew i know the person that contacted oprah and told her that the family is not as pure as they seem they were taking oprah the discovery health channel tlc channel and everyone else that they have appeared on for a big ride they receive money for each show and if not money they get something out of it Jim Bob has made the statement that this is the way that he has to provide for his family. Don't you think that is being a fraud? If not, please explain what is the difference. They know that I mean, when they go... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, no, go ahead. I was just thinking like he couldn't necessarily get a regular job and support this family. So if that's the mindset, I feel like that would be the mindset for anybody. Not saying he's doing anything right, but I definitely... Like, you I, have that many kids, like, you're not going to get a job at you know, the shell station and support your children. They rent out commercial properties and they had other ways of making money. But like, part of me is like, if you could have your life filmed, like, I'm not saying, okay. And then we can get into this whole thing of like, is filming your children, right? Blah, 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 blah. Like that's a conversation for another time. Mm -hmm. But like, this was like, Oh, if you can just do stuff and get paid, like I, I, that's just not the thing that I'm taking issue with right now versus like this person, you know, Mm -hmm. but uh, they say they know that when they go on the shows that they lie and the more the exposure they have, the more money that comes into him. It was Oprah's decision to turn them over to the authorities. Oprah is not the only one that has turned them in for child abuse. Of course, you can't find any records on this. It is all sealed behind closed doors. The truth needs to be told. And I have made it my mission to stop this from happening. Uh They are frauds. And living off of the good graces of other people. I've watched them on the Montel Williams show and I wanted to throw up. It made me sick inside to know that what I know and to watch them get in front of a TV camera in line. So that's where my problem is. The hypocrisy of it all. Of course. Yeah, that's the issue is the fact that you're going on touting this like lifestyle. Meanwhile, you've got all these fucking skeletons in your closet. That's the problem I have. Yeah. 
I do want to say that um, in the wording that was there, Alias makes it sound like he was on all these prawn sites. Prano, and that, prano. And, and then that led to him uh, molesting his sisters. I don't think, uh, no, I don't that's think not, one leads to the there, other. Not, no, there are plenty of people who watch porn and never molest people. So. Prawn, please. <laughs> prawn. Prawn, no. Thank you. Oh, and then one final word from Alice, this time on May 26th at 3.12 p.m. The Duggars do annoy me more than any other Quiverful families, probably because they are pimping their lifestyle on TV for money and publicity. It bugs me. I admit it fully. (laughs) We can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Especially when you throw in their tax-exempt status. I really do need to start worshiping Mighty Mouse and form my own home-based church so I, too, can enjoy this little benefit. (laughs) It just sickens me. They pimp themselves to a world that they don't even approve of. How much more hypocritical can someone get? I'm, I'm on board with that. I don't have a problem with the stereotypical gender roles that they adhere to. I don't even have a problem with the little house on the prairie wardrobe. It's <laughs> 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 fucking snark, man. I have a problem with a group of hypocrites who are pimping themselves on national TV. Not only for the money, because it's individual people's choices to watch the TV show or not. Agree. And if people don't want to watch, then they shouldn't be on. But also the whole political aspirations of Jim Bob being furthered by this. So it's okay to appeal to the outside world of which they don't approve as long as it furthers their crazy aspirations. Correct. Either stick to the lifestyle and live it or admit that they are a bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> Other quiver, quiverful families don't attempt to mainstream themselves. They know it's their personal choice. Don't seek your public approval and just continue on. Correct. And I really have a problem with the children raising children and taking care of the household while mom sits on her tush cranking out the next one. Damn, that is family <laughs> friendly shit talking right there. Sitting She's on her just tush, on her tush on all her day. T- <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to I'm sorry and this is not anything bad at all. It reminds me of your mother. I know. Cuz my mother-in-law is a lovely woman. She's very nice to me. She's been very welcoming. But she's the same way and when she would try to get snarky, she would always go, "Stick it up your butt." And that's exactly how she says it too. She's like, "Stick it up your butt." Like there's just so, there's so and, much sass. And there's like a little like shake to her shoulders when she says it too. She's all, "Stick it up your butt." She's just on her tush all day. <laughs> oh yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, this is so good. This is do you see now why where I was like I have to read this? Like no amount of paraphrasing was going to do these these comments justice. Anyways, so uh, sitting on their tush, cranking out the next one. I get no impression that Michelle is a hands-on mother, neither do we, <laughs> after those children hit more than three year, three months old. Once they hit that age, she hands them off and starts working on the next one. <laughs> it's sick. Um, in Reddit, they call it, she teed them and eat them. <laughs> after, after, after she's it's done breastfeeding, good. they teed them and eat them. Uh, it's sick. The human body wasn't made to handle it either. She'll be dead by the time she's 50, and her uterus will be gone long before then. It isn't healthy, nor something to aspire to. (laughs) Round of fucking applause for Alice. Yeah, alias. Nicely done, alias. I just love it. The the hypocrisy cuz it's so true. You don't yeah. you don't even watch fucking TV, but you're on a TV show. Correct. But they'll justify it by saying it's ministry. 
Just right. everything has a convenient excuse. Of course. So that's my favorite part of all of this. My my two main things, my sticking points, are the fact that she stuck up for the victims, saying you're you are choosing Josh over the yep. victims, and I like just the pointing out of the hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. Yeah, you're not on TV. Nobody's watching your show and going, hmm, maybe I should switch to that religion. Fuck no. <laughs> no, people, yeah, yeah. So it's like. Maybe I should get a belt clip for my phone. <laughs> right. Hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that sums up Alice's comments. But good God. I mean, like, you can feel the, like. The, like the, it is like there's pent some, up there's some like real oh yeah there's some real history there this is, you can tell by reading that 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 is not just a random person on the internet like i mean i, I don't know yeah. some people do get crazy on the internet but like you can feel this like personal type thing to it right yeah you can tell that there's nuggets of realism there yeah and even if they're putting in their personal thing of like i hate this i hate that like it it stems from like you said a place of like there has like some truth in it now yeah Saying now, knowing it to be true, of course, we do have that bias because we do now know it is true. So we are looking at it through slightly different lens and you are reading this on the boards in 2007. But basically just to say you can feel the like roots of it. Yeah. And I feel like even if they hadn't gotten um, like some detail stuff correct, I feel like you would still be able to go, oh, damn, this person was close. Yeah, it definitely sounds close. Yeah. So on that topic... Who is Alice, right? Alias. Who is Alias? Thank you. So the so this obviously was on the message boards back in 2007. And but this all really, you know, um, over the years, there's just been tons of speculation of like, who could this person be? Because at first it's like, is it even a real person? Then when stuff started Q, coming out, X-Files you music. figure like were they were they telling the truth? When mm-hmm. and then when the stuff was confirmed to be the truth, it was like okay, so that's when all of this speculation on who it could be starts to really mount over the years. Correct, because then it became oh, this person did know something. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm just gonna name off a couple people that were suspected. Some people said Miss Cindy. If you remember, Miss Cindy was the one that was uh, Michelle's friend from when she was younger. And she was the one that helped um, like with the designer, like when they're moving to their house later on in episodes, she helps with planning weddings. Okay. There was really nothing. There's really no base to that. That was just something people are throwing mm-hmm. out there. They probably and, liked the drama of like a close oh a friend because like, they're like oh it's a friend dishing, throwing throwing yeah. her under the bus. But there was really nothing connect to connect anything. You mean to, throwing right? her tush under the bus? Her tush. <laughs> <laughs> so then the next one has a little bit more like possible merit behind it. Okay. And it's that maybe perhaps it was Michelle's older sister. Her older that was the sister. one that only had nine kids. No, no, no. Right? no that, she has a lot of older sisters. That was okay. Pam. So this one they're referring to is her sister, Evelyn. Okay. Now, the reason there's a little bit more behind that possibility is because Evelyn's name is Evelyn Alice. Okay. And she's also gay, which is, of course, against everything the Duggars believe in. I was gonna say. So you could kind of see there being like, okay, is there like a rift between them? Right. Is she out there spilling the truth? Because you know, but then just really her name being Evelyn Alice, you're like, oh, that could be a connection. <laughs> so that was that was one of the ones that I thought was a little bit more of like a fun one, where I was like, oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> 
Uh, next one, of course, is Miss Bobye holds herself. Bobye. Of course, as all this stuff is coming forward, people are like, oh my God, Alice has to be Bobby. Like, they're okay. like, it has to be. And several people who are close to the Holtz and also know the Duggars who have come forward, whether there was one person that testified in the trial who is also mm. on Reddit all the time, Clint. Um, and just like uh, Justin from I Pray You Put This Journal Away, like a bunch of people have like confirmed. Uh, and then there was there's another person on Reddit that has like a throwaway account that says that they are a relative of okay. the Holtz. And so all these different people at different points have said that Alice is not Bobby. Okay. And when all of this was coming out with the trial and Bobby, Bobby was pretty active on like Facebook and social media, mm -hmm. she herself did say, no, it's, I'm not Alice. Okay. But it has been confirmed by all those other people I told you about that Alice is indeed related to the Holtz. So for a long time, it's been this like, you know, first it was this huge mystery. Who is she? And then you're like, oh, shit, it's not, Al you know, it's not Bobby, but like she's related to them. Okay. But these people also confirmed that Allison is the same person who contacted Oprah. So it's even funnier because when we read those comments, remember how they said, I know the person who contacted Oprah? Yeah. It was actually themselves. Okay. Okay. So they confirmed that they're the one who contacted Oprah, and they also confirmed that since Alice has since passed away. Okay. So it was kind of this, like, okay, so it's kind of, not, and they, they even said, like, Alice is aware of the subreddit. She knows this, but she does not want to be identified. We're, we're, we're going to keep her wish, but just know it's not Bobby, but she is related, but they don't wish to be known. Okay. But they have passed away. So who in Bobier's family has passed away? So, on that note, so it's I just have to go into this with like the disclaimer. Of course, this has not ever been a hundred percent confirmed, but there is really good evidence that Alice is Bobier's mom. Q X Files music. The reason, let's talk about the evidence. Okay. Okay. Because if we're going to make me. claims, we at least have to have some good backing evidence, Show right? me the receipts. So the person, and it, this is in like the police reports and things that like Oprah's people like said and whatever. Okay. They said that the person who contacted Harpo was said to be a 61-year-old female from Rogers, Arkansas. At the time. Yes. Okay. When you look up Bobby's mom's obituary, Bobby it says that she, Tim says he gets mad when I say Bobby. <laughs> He's like, I kind of get disappointed when you don't in, say Bobby. <laughs> in my head, I'm just like, you mean Bobby. Yeah, exactly. I, I edit it in my head. Yeah. You're like, get it right. I fix it in post. There you go. <laughs> so Bobby's mom's obituary, obituary says that she lived in Rogers, Arkansas since like the 70s. Okay. And that she passed away in February 2011 at the age of 65. Okay. So think about it. That was in 2006. Right. 2011, that's four years prior. Correct. 65 when she died minus four would be 61. Yeah. So again, just want to reiterate, not confirmed, <laughs> really good evidence. <laughs> like, I feel like we can say like 97% sure yeah. it is Bobby's mother. 
which would make sense because there was she would know the details her daughter confided in her they said they went to their church i could see her going to their church if that's where her daughter was going to church right like it just all makes sense yeah. and then she's hearing these details from her daughter and it was like oh fuck no not on my watch <laughs> yeah okay there's more <laughs> you all right over there? Whenever, whenever Winnie does her deep dive, I told her I imagine uh, the meme of Charlie Day from "It's Always Sunny" <laughs> with all the like the newspaper clippings on the wall and like the red I yarn. I need a fucking cigarette right like, now. Yeah, exactly. That crazy ass look on your face with the cigarette in your fingers. That's uh, that's what I imagine when she was like, "But wait!" And I keep looking at him like, "But there's more." Right. But wait. But how old was Bob Yates' mom? That's what I imagine. <laughs> Okay, so now that we know that Alice was also the one who contacted Oprah, let's go back and talk about that entire chain of events. <laughs> so if you remember correctly, it was that this book was lent out with a letter inside, then the phone call was made to Oprah and the Arkansas police on that same day in December Correct. of 2006. Mm -hmm. little recap. Yep. So now we know who called Oprah. But the question is, who was the letter writer, of course, and who was the caller? Right. So there has always been tons of speculation about the letter writer. Because there was really no real details for us to even, like, find clues, to try to link anything. Like, it literally could have just been anyone. So it's just been complete speculation ever since this all came out. Mm -hmm. So the, the mystery... Uh, so... What it was is that back in two, 2015 is when the news broke about those interviews that we talked about last episode. Okay. So those happened in 2006. It was kept under, you know, under wraps. It was in right. 2015 that it all got pulled out from underneath them and it all went public. Okay. So it's been, you know, this big speculation since 2015, especially is when we found out the, like the whole letter situation. Right. So very lucky for us. The letter writer was just revealed, like, literally back in early February of this year. Oh, my. Through the court documents from a lawsuit that the, the sister victims um, had filed. Uh, that entire lawsuit is a whole other topic oh, for a whole other day. It's another deep dive. But it was through the court documents of this that we had access to depositions. Okay. And through this deposition, we found out that the letter writer was... Can I get like a little drum roll, a little something? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the letter writer was Kaylee Holt. Jim Bob and Bob Ye's daughter, the one who had been courting Josh. Wow. So this is how it all went down. And that's going back. Way back. That was the one that we saw in the Episode first one. special. Yes. Yeah, because so, I remember I remember when that came out because that was where we watched it together, and I remember asking a question, and I thought you were gonna burst because <laughs> you looked at me and you were like, "But wait, like you knew it was going to be too yeah, long of a story." Yeah, like I, was I thought like, you were I can't gonna do explode. This. I can't do this right now. Yeah. So this is taking it all the way back to that bedroom meeting in March of 2003, where Jim, Bob, mm -hmm. and Michelle called over Jim and Bobby, and that's where they talked about how that was the day that he'd had Joy on the lap. And that the courtship had to be called off. Yeah. That was all this. So apparently they came home that night or whatever. And they explained to Kaylee kind of what what happened and why their courtship was, you know, no longer. And Kaylee wrote about it 
in a letter that she was writing to her favorite author, apparently, by the name of Janet Oak. Okay. <laughs> I had to look that up. I don't know who Janet Oak is. Okay. But she's described as an inspirational fiction author with her stories usually set in pioneer times. So very Duggar friendly, <laughs> like Duggar adjacent people as well. I mean, I'm a fan of her entire catalog myself. <laughs> oh, that Janet, man. Oof. Right. Man, I'm ready for that new hot oak. <laughs> so this is Kaylee's favorite author. She said that like, like, there was really no real intention of her sending the letter to the okay. author, but it was just more of like a journaling experience, like writing to someone. Mm. So she writes this letter about everything she heard from her parents that I guess gives enough detail for people to be concerned, you know, like actually talks about abuse. Right. Puts this in one of her favorite Janet Oak books, <laughs> forgets about it entirely. So then three years later, she lends out that book to a friend. The friend finds the letter, reads it, and tells her parents. Then the parents tell some of their friends, all within the same circle of people, right? Okay. With the Duggars. Um, then they tell some of their other friends, and it's that second set of parents that they're the ones who called the Arkansas police. Okay. So that is the chain of events with the letter so now we know the letter writer we know um who wrote oprah and that that's <laughs> alice and we're pretty sure that she is bob Ye's mom wow so i just love it that the holt women or holt adjacent because obviously like um bob Ye's mom wouldn't be a holt herself Correct. but i just love that these holt and holt adjacent women are fucking just burning shit to the ground <laughs> like i love it yeah. And the funny part is, like, the tone of those Alice comments, right? Pretty hot. Oh, yeah. And, There's a lot a lot of mustard, like yes. you said before. And while Bob Ye sounds hot sometimes a little bit, um, there was still slightly different tones. But you can see, like, so that's why where people were like, I think it's her. And it's like, well, the right. tone's like, they're like, I don't see Bob Ye saying pimping. Like, because, you know, she talked about, like, pimping out her <laughs> kid, like, their kids. and Yeah. But I just think back, like, what if Kaylee hadn't written that letter? Yeah. Like, that is what, like, Damn. if you think about it, that's what just, le like, led to everything. Mm -hmm. Her, and then forgetting about it. Mm -hmm. And, but later on, it's like, it saved the day. Like, <laughs> it's a good thing that she wrote that letter and just shoved it in a book. To her favorite author. Like, that's, that's random. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, think about what that sparked. Mm -hmm. I, I think in my head, uh, in musical references... So when you kept talking about how Haley wrote the letter, I just kept singing. Kaylee. Kaylee. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Kaylee just wrote me a letter. <laughs> uh, his entire brain is like a catalog of music that can be referenced at any See, moment. She wrote me a letter, said you could. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like, I just love that it's like these three women like yeah. did it all. Like yeah. very appreciative of, <laughs> of all of them. And it's even just, I it just, it just came out so perfectly, like that we literally did not know who the letter writer is. Mm -hmm. We just, we just found out, and so now we can just like line everything up. And I'm waiting for the one day where if, if like Bobby can just be like, "Yep, it was my mom," and it would just be like, I just want to hear it, but I'm pretty sure it would just yeah. wrap it all up real nicely. <laughs> and think about what that in what feelings that produces in like Lego hair and Michelle. Because for lack of a better term, like, obviously bad things happen and they would have happened kind of anyway. But I think a lot of them being watched on a different level was sparked by this letter. And it was sparked by the mom. And it was so I feel like 
there's probably a lot of animosity towards the Holtz when they used to be very close. Which is something I, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to frame all of it, but will be a deep dive at some point. But I think what makes it interesting to me is they're probably just fucking pissed off because come to find out a ton of people knew about this. Like people in their church knew that Josh confessed. Um, now, I will say that they're like even um, – Jim and Bobby A have said that like, you know, they, obviously even to them, things were downplayed or whatever, yeah. but there was still a level of people knowing that something happened Correct. and of their entire church. Like mm-hmm. Kaylee has even said that um, people blamed her for some of his like issues that he had with like porn and things. And she remembers like people coming just up and saying they were recording. Yes. And wow. she's like, I remember crying about it. So it just, it's like the whole group wants to ignore it. Yeah. And so they're, this family is like, you're fucking it. Like, they're all like, you're fucking it up for the rest of us. They all want to be, they all want to sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. But this family's like, oh, fuck no. And actually, I want to give major credit to the, those parents that did call the police. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they, I didn't even bother saying their names because they in no other way have interjected themselves. That was supposed to be anonymous. It's just since come out. Correct. But like, and I don't like, good on them. So yeah. finally, two families that give enough of a shit. Mm-hmm. To not just gossip about it or sweep it under the rug, to actually take some action. Yep. And that pisses Jim, Bob, and Michelle off because it's like you're one of us. You're supposed to just correct. Go with it. Yeah. So, anyways, I hope that I hope you enjoyed that deep dive because I love this one. Wild. Just so much like. There's a lot of juice in that one. Yeah. So and it just wow. really wraps it all up nicely of mm-hmm. like the last episode and so. I just, correct. Yeah. So that's kind of it for me. Anything right. from you? No. Um, that deep dive was incredibly fascinating. So I think that's the beauty of this is that uh, Whitney is a researcher. And I think it is showing dividends because she's obviously not just pulling every bit of like mundane information. Like there is some fascinating connections to what we're watching. And, um, you know, we appreciate everybody's support. I've had a couple people that in my personal life that have listened that said the same thing that I've told you about this, where they were like, I didn't give a shit about any of these people. I don't care about their kids. I don't care about their TV show. But they were like, this is fascinating because you get such. You don't have to care about the people. Right. There's right. so much more to it. Yeah. You don't have to like the people. You don't have to be a fan. This yeah. is like a whole different ballgame. Yeah. And. Honestly, just a minor shout out to like the Duggar Snark community on Reddit. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, because even before we decided to start this venture, Whitney was on there a lot. And uh, I think she found a community of people that were there. And I feel like there's probably a large amount of those people that listen to our podcast. And I know I appreciate it. Yes, so. we appreciate you guys and um, having people to talk about it with. And, you know, you guys have. Like linked, like I get so much information there because that's where I can go get court documents without having to look them up myself. Like right. it's it's really great that there's, yep. you guys make it definitely easier on me. <laughs> that's for sure. I appreciate all of it. Yeah. Um, so, as always, uh, we once again follow us, like us on Instagram. Whitney's been throwing uh, some very interesting posts around, not only reference material to. Uh, to the actual pod we've thrown some polls up there and stuff so just kind of some fun things as well on top of uh horrible pictures of their fashion choices yeah we're we're hoping to keep it fun with some some stuff going forward so that's the instagram is digging up the duggars pod and then we have an email digging up the duggars at gmail 
Yeah. So s- feel free to send us a message. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, we'd love to have you guys rate the show. Um, we've gotten uh, some pretty good interaction with some people, which is nice. So um, go ahead and throw that down. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>